Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد إن شاء الله today we will cover the seerah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم after the incident of غزوة الأحد we talked a little bit about the lessons learned from غزوة الأحد as well last week maybe I'll touch a couple of more today but after the غزوة الأحد was over and army of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, entered back into the Medina. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, uh, for the first night they slept in a way that they were still uh, guarding Medina and uh, the next day as well Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he, uh, he, he thought about it and about the situation that they were in because uh, the way the Ghazwatul Ahad ended uh, uh, it had like a if you can see see three different stages in the beginning the Muslims were Muslims had the upper hand and then uh, because of a mistake made by uh, some of the Muslims who were assigned to guard the Muslims uh, uh, in one of the areas in the back of uh, of the mountain uh, where the Kufar would have entered and the Muslim archer, uh, archers did, did not follow the instruction of Rasulullah and uh, uh, and the direction of the battle went into the uh, in the favor of uh, of the kuffar and Muslims got one of uh, the the time they they got very difficult uh, they they were in very difficult times and many of the Muslims were martyred uh, as well so in the second part of the battle uh, the kuffar had the upper hand but the Muslims were able to get together in the third stage and they were able to uh, if you want to call it uh, at the end the the battle was in the favor of the Muslims. Uh, but uh, from the loss perspective, uh, Muslims uh, uh, got got higher loss compared to compared to the kuffar, and uh, because of that, even though the, at the end the kuffar ran away, uh, and they did not get any of the spoils of wars from the Muslims. Uh, instead, Muslims actually had some of the prisoners of wars, but uh, uh, still there was a it was a kind of a uh, big, a big loss for the Muslims. So Rasulullah and Sahaba, they were pondering about the situation, the kind of situation they were in, what should be done. Now, they could have just stayed in Medina, but instead Rasulullah uh, asked the Sahaba that we should, we should follow the, we should follow the Meccans. And uh, upon which Rasulullah uh, gathered all the Sahaba on the 8th of the Shawwal, and he actually said that we will march uh, to fight, but the people who will come along with Rasulullah will be the only people who joined him in Ghazwatul Ahad, nobody else. So it was more of a, another uh, continuation of Ghazwatul Ahad, if you want to say it. Uh, the books refer to that as uh, as, uh, as, an, as an invasion of Hamra al-Assad. But uh, uh, it can be considered as this extension. And Rasulullah uh, commanded only the Sahaba who participated in Ghazwatul Ahad will go along. 
and uh, Abdullah bin Ubayy bin Salul, the, the head of the Munafiqeen, the one who took uh, 300, uh, 300 uh, soldiers back uh, when the Ghazal al-Luhad was about to start. So Muslims went in uh, fighting against the Kuffar with 1,000 soldiers at that time and uh, Abdullah bin Ubayy bin Salul took 300, uh, 300 of them along with them back. And now he wanted to go along with Rasulullah to follow the Kuffar. Uh, and Rasulullah plainly answered him uh, in, in, in a negative manner that he cannot uh, join the army now. But there was an exception made for Jabir ibn Abdullah. An. He did not join Ghazwatul Ahad, but uh, the reason he did not join it was because of his father. His father uh, asked Abdullah bin, uh, Jabir ibn Abdullah to stay behind and take care of uh, uh, his sisters. And Jabir uh, uh, bin Abdullah, he was—he always wanted to go along with Rasulullah in all the battlefield. Uh, and Rasulullah, uh, he uh, he missed it because of uh, because of uh, his father. Uh, he asked him to stay behind. And uh, uh, upon his asking, Rasulullah allowed him to go along uh, for this uh, follow-up battle against the Kuffar. And uh, when the Muslims uh, reached to the place called uh, Al-Hamra al-Asad, this is about uh, eight miles away from Medina, and they uh, camped over there. Uh, one of the person named Ma'bad bin Abi Ma'bad, uh, uh, he came to Rasulullah According to some reports, he became Muslim, he embraced Islam at that time, and others say he did not embrace Islam. Uh, either way, he was from the tribe of uh, Banu Khuza'ah, and uh, Banu Khuza was the tribe who had uh, uh, an alliance with Bani Hashim, uh, from which Rasulullah belonged to. So uh, that alliance for him uh, was also very important. So whether he became a Muslim or not, he still was wanted to support Rasulullah. And when he came to Rasulullah, he said to Muhammad, by Allah, we feel great sorrow for what had happened to you. Uh, and uh, and to your companions, referring to Ghazwatul Ahad. We really hope you will uh, you will not suffer again. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam suggested him to uh, when he when he meet uh, when he meet uh, Abu Sufyan, then he should discourage him to pursue his uh, intentions to fight back to the Muslims because that's why Rasulullah sallallahu at this time he was out there to if in case the kuffar returned back. Uh, because they could have thought about it that they had the upper hand. Why did not they finish uh, Rasulullah sallallahu and the Sahaba? So this is why Rasulullah asked uh, uh, asked Ma'bad bin Abi Ma'bad to go back and uh, pursue him, discourage him, Abu uh, Sufyan, to fight with the, with the Muslims. So when uh, and Rasulullah sallallahu uh, fear was actually, or uh, his expectation from the kuffar was not actually uh, wrong. Uh, they were absolutely true. And when uh, the Kuffar, when they were returning back, uh, and they encamped uh, at the area called uh, Arawha, uh, which is about 36 miles away from <coughs> from Medina, as one of the hadith uh, mentions. And uh, oh, when they encamped, now they start talking to each other. And they were talking to each other in a manner that uh, uh, they started uh, blaming each other, start saying, you did not do anything. Uh, and uh, we should have stayed there, we should have finished them, and uh, we should have crushed the Muslims uh, uh, instead of uh, running away like that. So now, while they were discussing, they uh, came to the conclusion that we should go back. 
and uh, go back to Medina and attack attack the Muslims. Now, among uh, the Quraysh, their leader named Safwan bin Umayyah, he actually uh, tried to dissuade the, the, the Kuffar for doing this action. And he said, oh, people, do not do such a thing. For I fear that he, Rasulullah gathered up those who had not, uh, stayed behind and did not share in the Uhud. So now, if Rasulullah would have been able to gather everybody and come and attack them, that would have been a bigger loss for, for the Kuffar. And, uh, and he was trying to stop them. But uh, uh, in general, they were, they were not listening to uh, Safwan bin Umayyah. Now, Ma'bad bin, uh, uh, bin Abi Ma'bad, when he came and he, he met, the, met Abu Sufyan and the, and the Kuffar there, now, because Rasulullah told him to... Uh, somehow persuade them not to uh, come back and fight Rasulullah and the Sahaba. So he said that Muhammad has marched to meet you with uh, with large host of fighters. Meaning, referring to, he said, not only the ones who were fighting at that time in the Ghazwat of Ahad, rather he gathered more people around him and uh, Rasulullah is uh, going to attack uh, the Kuffar. Now, uh, that uh, was not sufficient <coughs> for Abu Sufyan. Uh, so Abu Sufyan said, uh, uh, what, what do you suggest? Basically, when he was saying all this, so he, uh, he said, by Allah, I see that you would not leave till he comes to you and you see the heads of their, uh, their horses or till vanguard of his army turns up to you from behind that hill. So uh, now again, he tried to say in a manner that uh, they should not be fighting with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But uh, Abu Sufyan said, by Allah, we have reached a common consent to crush down the Muslims and, uh, and their power. So that did not help much, even though uh, it kind of uh, gave them the idea of not to go after Rasulullah But uh, in, in, in the light of this news and the resolution of the Meccans, uh, army failed and panicked. So now all this what happens actually uh, in the Ghazwat al-Uhad, that actually cause not only the Kuffar, uh, but even uh, Kuffar of the Makkah, but uh, the Bedouins around the Medina and the Yahud and some of the, and the Munafiqeen, they were thinking of now also attacking Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because they find him as, okay, the, 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 the Rasulullah sallallahu army can be defeated. So, uh, so they, they were thinking about also to attack the Muslims as well, besides uh, Besides the the, the Meccans, but uh, a caravan which was belonged to uh, Abdul Qais, it was uh, passing by Medina. <clears throat> it was going to go past Medina. So Abu Sufyan, uh, Abu Sufyan, uh, in the context of the propaganda, asked them to communicate a message to Rasulullah Sallallahu that uh, that uh, the, the, the kuffar will come and they will attack uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu <clears throat> And he also promised. Uh, to give the people of Caravan uh, uh, the, the uh, loads of raisins uh, at the, uh, in the, later on. Now, when the people of Caravan conveyed the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at, uh, at Al-Hamra al-Asad, that's the place where Rasulullah sallallahu was encamped. So, but that did not uh, do anything to the Muslims. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala Meaning those to whom the Munafiqeen, uh, indeed the people who have gathered against you so far, 
of them, but merely uh, increased them in faith. And they said, sufficient for us is Allah and be uh, the best disposer of affairs. Now, uh, after the arrival of the caravan, Rasulullah stayed in Al-Hamra uh, for three days. So now later on, the army of uh, of the Abu Sufyan uh, uh, and the Kuffar, they decided not to uh, not to fight back to Rasulullah. Rasulullah waited for three days, even though they were planning and plotting, and later they decided not to come back. And uh, Rasulullah stayed there for three days uh, before he. Uh, before he took, before he returned back. But while they were returning back, Rasulullah was able to take Abu Azal Jumahi as a prisoner of war. He is the person who battled with Rasulullah in Ghazwatul Badr. And, and he was a prisoner of war there as well. And he started talking to Rasulullah about his poverty and the large family that he supports. And he was asking for. Uh, to be relieved, and uh, so Allah Sallallahu released him with one with one condition that he will not himself be involved in the war against the Muslims. Now, in Ghazwatul Ahad, he came back again, and uh, after uh, after when the Rasulullah was coming back from uh, Al Hamra uh, Al Hamra Al Asad, uh, he became a prisoner of war. So Rasulullah Sallallahu gathered; uh, he he caught him. Here and uh, again, he was trying to ask for forgiveness. So Rasulullah says, "La yuldagul mu'min min juhin wahidin maratain." A mu'min, a believer, uh, is not stung by stung uh, twice by the same hole. Uh, meaning, a Muslim should cannot be or should not be deceived by the by the same tricks of a say by same people uh, twice. Now, uh, and because of that, Rasulullah sallam ordered uh, him to be executed. There are different reports. One talk about Zubayr bin Awam is the one who uh, executed him. Others say Asim bin uh, Thabit. Uh, either way, he was executed. And the reason that he was executed was because he, uh, because he was trying to deceive Rasulullah again. Now, a, a point to think about as a Muslim for us and ourselves also, uh, as Muslim, as individuals, and as an ummah, now today we find we are in situations that uh, uh, Muslims have been uh, defeated and hurt and harmed by uh, very same forces uh, uh, in the world that, that exist today uh, by multiple times and again and again. And unfortunately, uh, we find many of the Muslims, we go back and look for uh, better things from the very same sources. What I mean by that is... Uh, like, for example, many of the Muslim countries, they are still, still getting involved in uh, taking loans from IMF and uh, World Bank and uh, looking for help from uh, looking from the help from the allies who are against the Muslim from the Kuffar and uh, hoping that as if uh, in the past, whatever harm that they have done to us, this time they will not do the harm to us. So uh, we should not be naive. We should be following the principles that were laid down by Rasulullah like this one, that a believer is not stung by the same hole twice. So we should not be thinking of uh, looking for uh, different re- results by, from the same source, by same actions. Uh, of course, if we follow the Islam uh, as the source of our actions, we will not be getting involved into these kind of uh, situations regardless. 
Okay, so that that's one aspect we should remember uh, as individuals, as as and as an ummah uh, as well, that we should not be uh, we should we should be careful. We should not be the one who will be uh, deceived by the same people over and over and over again. Now, uh, besides uh, uh, besides uh, uh, Abu Azza al Jumahi, there was another person. His name was Muawiyah ibn Mughira bin uh, Abi Alas. He was also sentenced to uh, sentenced to death. Uh, the reason he was because uh, he was also involved in Qadatul Uhud, but uh, he uh, he was actually uh, he took the protection from Uthman bin Affan after the war, uh, and uh, because he was his paternal cousin, and Uthman bin Affan he uh, uh, he talked to Rasulullah and after getting the permission from him, he allowed him to stay in Medina for three days. And the deal was that he is allowed to stay there for three days, but if he is caught after three days, he will be killed. But he did not comply by this rule. And after Rasulullah and Sahaba, they came back from, uh, uh, from Al-Ahmar uh, uh, al-Assad, they found that uh, he was there, but he ran away. Now, he was also actually doing spying for the Quraysh while he was in Medina. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he found out about that, he sent uh, Zayd bin Haritha and uh, and Ammar bin Yasser to pursue him and kill him, and he was killed by uh, by, by them. Now, uh, to remember that uh, Al Hamra al Asad again, I'm ref- uh, want to make sure that it's understood that it is in reality can be considered as part of Ghazbatul Uhud. Uh, as we can see that uh, it was just a continuation of it to defend the Muslims and to make sure that Muslims are not getting hurt. Now, uh, so uh, the, the, the one of the things about the Ghazwatul Ahad, the lesson to be learned is uh, uh, in this battle, Muslims had a big loss. And that could have been something that could have made the Muslims sad. And there are actually about 60 ayat that were revealed in the uh, in reference to Ghazwatul Uhud. And one of them refers to this. That means, and don't be weak, meaning don't, be, uh, don't get weak just because you are hurt here uh, uh, while you are pursuing the enemy. If you suffer hardships, they surely suffer the hardship as well, like, like, like you do. But you have hope in Allah Azza wa You have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they don't have any hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, this, this has to be remembered. If, if we uh, are in a situation we, where we can have losses, uh, whether in our personal lives or whether in, uh, 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 as an ummah, when we are in that kind of situations of wars against uh, the enemies, the, this is part of life that the, this can happen. But at the same time, we are uh, we Muslims will always uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will always help them as long as we uh, continue to fulfill the commands of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The other aspect of Wazwat Allah to be remembered, and the ayah, an ayah was revealed regarding that was uh, this is a process. When uh, you go through hardships, like in the case of Wazwatul Ahad, uh, a process of distinguishing uh, the Khabith from the Tayyib. 
because these hardships take away the one who is uh, filthy, you know, I call it, uh, uh, because they're not going to stick with with the with the believers if the hardships are falling on them. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, "Ma kana Allahu liyadr al-mu'minina ala ma antum alayhi hatta yamilu khabitha min al-tayyib, wa ma kana Allahu liyutlaqum ala al-ghaybi, walakin Allahu yashtabi min rasuli min yasha." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here, Allah will not leave the believers in the state in which you are now until he distinguishes the, the wicked from the good. Nor will Allah disclose to you the secrets of the ghaib or the unseen. But Allah chooses uh, of his messengers from he, 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 he pleases. He believe, uh, so he believe in Allah and his messengers. Now, look. This, uh, the, the, the loss in Ghazwatul Ahad, and I am not trying to use the word, I'm trying to stay away from the word defeat as a whole, because at the end, in reality, Ghazwatul Ahad became a victory from the Muslims, uh, because they are the one who chased down the kuffar and uh, kuffar ran away. Yes, the losses were more uh, on the Muslims, but th- those losses, what it happened was, uh, in the beginning, when the battle was about to start, uh, Munafiqeen, they showed their true faces and they, they uh, abstained fighting uh, with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is one, one thing happened. And the loss also uh, caused all those uh, weak elements that existed in the Medina society, whether part of the Medina society or in the surrounding areas. They started coming out openly and it became easier for uh, for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Sahaba actually to uh, to fight against them and finish them off uh, at one time, and uh, uh, the, the, this is what we see uh, after um, after the Ghazwat was over. Like uh, about two months uh, after Ghazwat al was over, uh, Banu Asad uh, they started preparing uh, uh, to attack against uh, attack the Medina, and uh, <clears throat> they they were going to raid the. Uh, raid Medina uh, and the two of the tribes Udul and, Waqa- and, and Qara they conspired against the Muslims uh, in the month of uh, Safar 4th of the Hijrah and they killed uh, 10 of the, um, uh, the companions of Rasulullah and the other battle that happened was which is called uh, the battle of Ma'una well uh, and in, in this one about 70 of the Muslims they were uh, they were martyred uh, and the story is uh, inshallah, I'll go and give the details of both both the incidents. But before, besides that, uh, the first people who really were going to attack the Muslims after the Ghazwat al-Ahad was Banu Asad bin Khuzayma. Uh, the people for, and the Muslims they found out about the Rasulullah Sallam used to send the Muslims around the area to find out who's preparing what and if they are conspiring against the Muslims. So uh, the report they reported that the Talha and, uh, and uh, Salama these are these are the sons of Khuwailid uh, they were uh, gathering up some volunteers to fight against Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Rasulullah sallallahu right away he dispatched about 150 uh, to 50 men uh, comprised of the Ansar and the Muhajirin and uh, they were headed by Abu Salama and uh, <clears throat> so uh, the Muslims said, uh, they they went to Bani Asad bin Khuzayma and they took him by surprise. And they neutralized all the uh, preparation that they were doing at that time to attack the Medina. So Rasulullah did a preventive, uh, pre- preemptive attack, and uh, he was able uh, to take care of this uprising that was happening. But on the return, Abu Salama, 
he had a wound that he got in Ghazwat al uh, it got an inflammation, and, uh, uh, and, 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 he, <clears throat> and he died later on. Uh, this, uh, uh, this expedition happened in Muharram, uh, first of Muharram in the fourth year of the Hijrah. And then uh, on the fifth day of the same month of, of the Muharram, the fourth year of the, uh, of the Hijrah. So now we can see some, something here. Uh, after Ghazatul Badr happened in the second year of Hijrah, within, uh, uh, between Ghazatul Badr and Ghazatul Uhud, there were about four or five uh, small battles happened, and then uh, Ghazatul Uhud happened. And after Ghazatul Uhud, we are, we are seeing that uh, uh, there are multiple small battles happened before a uh, much bigger scale Ghazatul Ahzab or Ghazatul Khandak happened. That shows something here that after Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, entered into Medina, the actions of Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, were very different as a head of the state, and that included many, many battles that uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu fought. So it was not just as if Rasulullah Sallallahu is uh, uh, sitting quietly now; he is the head of the state, and there is uh, just uh, living a, a happy family life is happening there. Rather, the uh, yes, happy family life is there as a as a, as a family, but uh, it was also the spread of Islam was happening at a much faster speed and that included uh, the Sahaba and Rasulullah were involved in many uh, many battles uh, to spread Islam. Now, uh, so after this uh, uh, Abu Salama's uh, uh, battle, there's another small battle happened when uh, on the fifth, uh, fifth day of the Muharram. So this is like a uh, was in Shawwal and then Alhamdulillah, uh, Asad was uh, in, in, in the middle of Shawwal happened. And now after Shawwal, within two months, now this is a second uh, small battle that happened uh, on, the four, uh, on the fifth day of, uh, on the fifth day of the Muharram. And uh, it was reported that Khalid bin Sufyan al-Hudayl, now he is the one who was gathering uh, another mob to raid the Muslims. Now, Abdullah bin Unais, uh, uh, was ordered by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to go and uh, attack Khalid bin Sufyan al Hudayli, uh, and the Muslim uh, leader. Uh, uh, they stayed there, out there to 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 fight uh, Khalid bin Sufyan uh, for about eighteen days. And uh, uh, after eighteen days, they were able to kill Khalid bin Sufyan al Hudayli, and he he brought his head back to Medina. And Rasulullah gave him a reward, a stick to him, and said, This will function as a sign of recognition for you and me on the day of resurrection. And uh, <clears throat> and Abdullah bin Unais, he kept that stick with him until he uh, until he died, and he asked the uh, he, he put the request that that stick should be put in his uh, coffin under his shroud. So it will be used as a um, as a um, uh, as a sign or as a proof uh, on the or recognition uh, as a proof uh, on the day of judgment. Um, then uh, then the, the incident of ten Muslims they were uh, they were martyred uh, by the tribes of Udal and Qara happened, and that happened in the Safar or the second month of fourth year of the Hijrah, and uh, a delegation from Udal and Qara came to Medina. And uh, they asked Rasulullah to send a group of companions, the Sahaba, to teach them about Islam. And they were claiming 
that the existence of some Muslims among them. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, according to one report, he sent six, and the the the, the more authentic hadith that says Rasulullah sallallahu sent ten uh, sahaba along with them for the purpose of teaching them Islam. And uh, they were they were uh, led by Murtad bin Abil Murtad al Ghanawi. This is one of the reports, and other report says uh, Atham bin Thabit uh, is the one who was leading it. And Atham bin Thabit, he was. The, he was a grandfather of uh, Asim bin uh, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu uh, So when they when they reached the uh, the spot uh, which is called Arajir, and Arajir is the place which is between uh, Rabigh and Jeddah. So the hundred archers from Banu Lihyan clan they they attacked them. Now. This Muslim, these ten Muslims, they were uh, heading in the direction. They took the higher ground, uh, uh, and uh, which is the place called Fudfud. Uh, so uh, higher ground. So and the, the Fudfud and the uh, uh, and the Bedouins offered them to. Uh, they get, they said we can give you protection if you come down. And Asim bin Thabit he refused to come down. Instead, he fought until six of his. Uh, uh, companions were killed along with him. Now, the, the rest of the three who were left were Hubayb and uh, Zaid bin uh, Dathna, and there was another one. Now, these Bedouins again, they offered to uh, the, the safety and protection to these three. Now, these three accepted the protection from them. But when they were coming down, uh, the third one, uh, whose name was not mentioned in the, uh, in the report, he uh, started arguing with them, and they went ahead and they killed him because he was talking about uh, the, the rest of the seven. They were killed by them, and uh, uh, they, they, they because he was rebuking them about the, the insincerity that uh, they, they basically deceived the Muslims to brought them there, and they were killed. The other two men, uh, they were taken. Uh, they were taken as uh, they, they, they were taken as prison, as prisoners, and they, they sold them as slaves actually. To the, uh, and these two were the ones who were involved in Ghazwatul Badr, and uh, uh, they they actually killed the notables of the Quraysh in the Badr. So the first one was Khubayb, uh, who was detained for some time, and then uh, they decided to crucify him. So he was sold in Mecca. Uh, but, but they, they decided to crucify him, and uh, he was uh, uh, so they, they were, when they were about to crucify him, he asked them, requested uh, as a last wish that he would pray two rakah, and uh, he prayed two rakah, and he told them that when they were about to kill him, that, uh, if if I would have not thought of it that that you would think. You would have thought that I delay, I made the prayer longer because of I was afraid to that I, I would have made uh, prayed longer than that, uh, and then he Khubeb uh, then he started uh, then he said Oh Lord count them one by one exterminate them to to the last one look the way Khubeb uh, was talking he he had no fear when he is. Uh, while he is about to be killed and when dealing with the kuffar at that time. And then he said, said some poetry. And uh, after the, po uh, the poetry, he said, Abu Sufyan came and he, uh, he told him 
that uh, by Allah, don't you wish that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam uh, were here in your place so that we might cut off his head and that you were with your family. And Khubayb's response was, by Allah, I do not wish that Muhammad sallallahu now were in the place I occupy or that a, th- or a thorn could hurt him and that I was sitting in, uh, with my family. So upon that, Quraysh ordered the Uqba bin al-Haris, whose father was killed by Khubayb in the in Ghazat al-Bada to crucify him. And they also uh, put a person to uh, to guard his uh, corpse because crucifixion, the way it's done is you crucify the body and uh, let the person basically bleed to death over there. And uh, uh, but uh, Amr bin Mayyad al-Damri, he uh, he was able to uh, to to take his body during the night time and bury him at, at a place that the people did not know. And uh, there are some reports talk about him as well that. While before he was crucified, he was eating grapes. And the place where he was eating grapes, they did not, there was not even a single uh, date was available uh, at that time. So uh, it, it is said that it was given to him uh, a sustenance from Allah Azza wa Jal. And now the, well, the second person who was Zayd bin al-Dathna, uh, uh, he was purchased by Safwan bin Umayyah. And uh, he killed him as an act of uh, 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 revenge because his father was uh, was also, was murdered. Now, uh, when the Quraysh when they killed Asim, uh, Asim bin Thabit, he is the one who was uh, leading the, these ten men. Now, after they killed him, and now they they sent some people to basically, as as we discussed in Ghazat uh, all the time, also. They had a habit of mutilating the bodies, so they sent some people to get the go and get the portion of his body. But when they went there, they found that his body was surrounded by by hornets, a swarm of hornets, and they were not able to reach the body of Atham bin Thabit. And Atham actually made the dua also. Uh, that he will be uh, immune against by any polytheist tampering with uh, respect to his body. And uh, when Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an heard about this, he said, Allah, by, uh, he said, Allah verily protects his believing slaves after death, just as he does during his lifespan. So that's the uh, second, uh, actually the third incident, uh, the battle that happened uh, before, after Ghazatul Ahad and before Ghazatul Ahadah. The fourth uh, incident that happened was that was uh, the the tragedy of uh, Ma'una uh, well or Bel Ma'una. Uh, what happened here was this is uh, one of the guy named Abu Bara uh, Amr bin Malik. Uh, he came to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, uh, he did not. Uh, uh, Rasulullah asked him to become Muslim, but he did not become a Muslim. But at the same time, he said, O Messenger of Allah, if you dispatch some, some of your companions to the people of Najd to call them to Islam, I expect them to accept it. Rasulullah's response was, I am afraid the people of the Najd will kill them. But he replied, I will protect them. And uh, Rasulullah wasallam, uh, he sent one report, 40 men, but the, the, the many Sahih hadith actually discuss about 70 men were sent by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Uh, 
and they were headed by uh, Al-Mundir bin, uh, bin Amr. And he was from Bani Sa'ida. So uh, he was the one who was commanding the group. And these 70 men Rasulullah sent, they were referred as the Qur'a or the reciters of the Qur'an. Uh, they were most learned in the Qur'an and the fiqh. And Rasulullah sent them there. So, uh, and these were the people from Ahlul Sufa. Uh, during the daytime, they would go and uh, uh, collect the wood and uh, get the food for, uh, for the Ahlul Sufa. Uh, and this, is, this was their habit until... When they 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 were get, they were get involved they were involved with uh, this work Rasulullah so assigned to them to go to Najd, uh, and uh, while they were going there when they reached uh, the well of Mauna, uh, when when they reached there, uh, which was between Bani Amr and uh, uh, Bani Sulaim, uh, they stayed there and. Uh, 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 the the Rasulullah the, 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 the message of Rasulullah with uh, Haram bin Milhan, the brother of Umm Sulaim to uh, enemy of Allah, Amr bin Tufail, and uh, basically to uh, uh, enter into folds of Islam. And uh, Amr bin Tufail, uh, he did not uh, listen to the message of Rasulullah rather uh, the messenger that was sent uh, his name was uh, 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 I just mentioned the name and I have forgotten the name of uh, uh, the, the Haram bin Milhan so Haram bin Milhan uh, he did not listen to uh, the, the, the invitation of Rasulullah to Islam rather when he was leaving he was killed by a spear that was penetrated from his back and uh, when uh, he uh, the spear was uh, put in his back. His response was interesting. He says, uh, to Kaaba." He says, "By the Lord of Kaaba, I have won." And uh, this is uh, strange to hear that uh, a person who has been just uh, killed or martyred, and his response was, that "I have won." Because this can only come from the determination and clear understanding that when you are uh, when you are giving your life in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in reality, this is one of the biggest victory uh, a Muslim can achieve. And that's what his response was that uh, by, by the rub of the Kaaba that I have, I have won. Now, now the enemies... Uh, of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they uh, the, the, he, he actually he called the Bani, uh, Bani Amr to fight along with him uh, against the 70 Muslims that were sent by Rasulullah so Bani Amr uh, they refused uh, they refused because they were under the protection of uh, Abu Bara uh, therefore they, uh, they said they're not going to uh, they're not going to help him now uh, the other people, which were Banu Sulaim, when he asked them to help, these people they went along. Uh, they went along, and among them, the the tribes that were that came along with them was Usayya, Ra'al, and Dakwan. And uh, they responded to his call, and they went ahead, and they uh, they killed all the, the Sahaba who were the the Qurra of the Quran, and the only one who survived was Kaab bin Zayd. 
uh, he was actually had a lot of wounds but he, he was among the dead but he he, he lived and he he, uh, he was killed in Ghazwatul Khandaq Ghazwatul Ahzab later on uh, now Amr bin uh, Umayyah al-Damri and Al-Mundir bin Uqba bin Amr who were entrusted with the Muslims uh, far from uh, the 70 Muslims over there who came along with them and when they saw the birds were circling in the air over the battleground, so Mundir rushed to share in the fight till he was also killed. And Banu Amr, uh, and, uh, Amr bin Umayyah uh, was captured. Uh, Amr set, uh, uh, set him free when he knew that he was of a mother tribe, but that was after he had cut his hair. Uh, that's just some silly thing that he had because he, he did that for more of a, he had a pledge for his mother to, uh, to, to free, free a slave. So because of that, he set him free. Now, uh, when uh, Amr bin Umayyah, he returned to Rasulullah and he gave this bad news about uh, what happened to the 70 of the best believers who were the best reciters and uh, understood the Quran, uh, uh, Quran well uh, and uh, how they were uh, treacherously killed by, uh, by, by these tribes. So Rasulullah uh, he uh, so when he was coming back to Rasulullah actually on the way back the place called Qarqara uh, he was resting over there and uh, two they were and three uh, the two men of Bani Kilab also joined him uh, and when they this, those two were sleeping uh, Amr bin Umayyah he killed them both he was thinking that by doing that he is taking the revenge of the 70 Muslims that were that were killed but he found out later on that they were these two were under the protection of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam commanded uh, that there has to be uh, blood money to be paid for those two who were uh, killed by mistake. And for that, uh, he was going to gather the the blood money from the Muslims and uh, and all the allies of the Muslims that included the Jews as well. Uh, that was because of the treaty that was done. Now. The reason that um, it is important to know about Rasulullah was going to collect the blood money from the uh, from the Jews because this is the thing that triggered the battle against the Banu Nadir as well. Banu Nadir was another tribe from the from the Yahud. <clears throat> now, after uh, this incident of a Raja and uh, the, the bear of Ma'una, the well of the Ma'una, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam supplicated for about uh, thirty days against. Uh, uh, against these uh, tribes, Ra'al, Dakwan, Lahyan, and uh, Usayya. Uh, after Salat al-Fajr, he used to do uh, um, uh, the dua uh, against them, which is the Qunut in the, in the, in the Salat al-Fajr. Until uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, accepted that and informed our folk that we have encountered our Lord and uh, He is satisfied with us and we are satisfied with Him. So Rasulullah stopped this uh, invocation uh, against them. Now, about the Banu Nadir, when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam went to this tribe of the Jews, uh, and uh, uh, before he went to Banu Nadir, we have discussed the issue of Banu Qainuqa, one of the tribes uh, that were thrown out of the uh, of the uh, of the Medina, and uh, the assassination of Kaab bin, uh, Ka bin Ashraf, the one who used to uh, say the poetry against the Muslim women, and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, 
Banu Nadir, uh, in general, the Yahud, they had a grudge against Rasulullah They were carrying animosity against Rasulullah So when uh, Rasulullah went to collect the, the, the blood money from Banu Nadir, and uh, um, uh, he was with Abu Bakr, Umar, and Ali. And so the people from Banu Nadir, they, they asked Rasulullah to wait uh, by one of the walls and uh, they went and they started talking to each other and they conspired now uh, that uh, to conspire to kill Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and one of them uh, among these people Salam bin uh, Mashkam uh, he cautioned them that uh, doing that kind of a crime means that you are breaking the treaty that you have made with Rasulullah and the pact that you have made with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they will finish the the, the pact but they did not listen to him and they, they wanted to go and take like a big, big rock or stone and throw it on Rasulullah from the top of the wall. While they were plotting and planning this, uh, Jibreel was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Rasulullah to, to let him know about their uh, criminal intentions. So Rasulullah hurried back to Medina with his companions and uh, because of the revelation that he received about Banu Nadir. So after that, uh, uh, Rasulullah delegated Muhammad bin, Salman, Muhammad bin Maslama to communicate uh, an ultimatum basically to Banu Nadir that uh, because they have broken the treaty, they have 10 days uh, that they have to leave. Now, uh, if they, they don't, then uh, they will be punished. Now, the chief of the hypocrites, uh, Abdullah bin Ubayy bin Salul, now he urged the Yahud uh, of the Banu Nadir that uh, don't worry about Rasulullah about his whatever he's saying, you stay where you are, you are saying. And not only that, but we will support you and also the, the Yahud from Banu Quraida will, uh, will come and help you and uh, Banu Ghatafan, they are on their way to come and help you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about that that Alam Tara ila Ladina Nafaku Yakuluna Lehwanim Aladina Kafaru Minahli Kitab. Lain Ukhristum Lanukhrijana Maakum Wala Nutirofikum Ahadan Abadan Wain Kutiltum Lansuran Nakum Allahu Yeshad in Nahum Lakadibun. Have you not considered those who practice hypocrisy? Say to their brothers who have disbelieved among the Prophet of the uh, people of the scripture, if you are expelled, we will surely leave with you. And we will not obey in regard to, to you, anyone, ever. And if you are fought, we will surely aid you. But Allah testifies that they are liars. Uh, and uh, these ayat of Surah Al-Hashar actually uh, were revealed for Banu Nadir. And according to Ibn Abbas, he says that uh, he actually refers to Surah Al-Hashar as uh, uh, Surah uh, Banu Nadir. Uh, so, the, so the Jews... Uh, they, 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 they got the confidence because whatever uh, Abdullah bin Ubayy bin Salud said so uh, and they were determined to even fight if Rasulullah came because, uh, comes and attack him because uh, he was given this idea that not only the Munafiqeen will help but Banu Quraida and Banu Ghatafan they will all come and help so their chief Uyayi uh, bin Akhtar uh, who was the father actually of uh, one of the Umhatul Mu'mineen Sufiya bin Uyayi uh, bin Akhtar and uh, he, he was very hopeful from uh, from the Munafiq, uh, from the Munafiqeen, uh, especially Abdullah bin Ubayy bin Salud. So he sent to Rasulullah saying that 
we, uh, we sent a message that we will not leave our houses, do whatever you like to do. Now, the situation for the Muslims were awkward. Now, they have to uh, launch the war against them uh, because uh, they broke the treaty and now they are saying that they will not leave whatever you want to do, you can do it. So they are uh, they were rebelling against the state at this point now. So uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, he surrounded uh, surrounded the surrounded Banu Nudir, and uh, when they were surrounded, they started uh, uh, throwing the they were pelting the stones and the arrows, uh, but they were surrounded by the trees uh, and they were kind of in a safe situ- uh, position. The the, the, the Yahud, upon which uh, uh, and this uh, the. Uh, uh, this siege was was going on for six days, uh, and uh, one of the reports is about uh, for about fifteen. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala actually allowed Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to to cut the trees that were surrounding uh, Banu Nadir. As Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al-Hajr, "Ma qatatum min min linati aw taraktumuha qaimatan ala usuliha fabiiznillahi falayuqziyal fasiqin." What you a Muslim cut down. Uh, of the trees of the enemy, or you left them standing on their stem, it was leave by leave of Allah. Meaning, Allah Azza wa Jal allowed them to do whatever you wanted in the cases of the trees. Because in general, Muslims when they are fighting, they do not uh, cut down the trees uh, and did not uh, do uh, uh, like, for example, they don't uh, kill the women, children, uh, elderly, or uh, the people uh, who are uh, um, monks or. Uh, the one who are uh, worshiper, worshippers in the in the in the worshiping places. So uh, and, uh, the fight is not against uh, civilians or any of those uh, things. And similar, similarly, uh, they don't cut down the trees as well. But in this specific situation, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave them uh, uh, g- gave them a permission that it was allowed to them. But uh, uh, but Quraid, uh, the, uh, when it comes to the Banu Quraida, they did, they stayed neutral. They did not come to support. Uh, Banu, Banu Nadir, hypocrites, uh, Munafiqeen, and Ghatafan also, they did not fulfill their promise, they stayed there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about them uh, in the same surah, كَمَثَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ إِذْ قَالَ لِلْإِنسَانِ أُكْفُرْ فَلَمَّا كَفَرَ قَالَ إِنِّي بَرِيُّ مِنْ مِنْكَ إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهَ رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving the, the uh, parable to shaitan here, that their allies deceive them like shaitan. When he says to, the, to man, do the kufr, but when, when the man does the kufr, then shaitan says, I am free of this. I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rabbul Alameen. Meaning, shaitan does not want to do the kufr. He, he says, I, I believe in Allah and uh, I, I am bari, I, I, am, uh, uh, I am free for w- w- what you are doing. So same way uh, as shaitan uh, does to the, to, to, to the mankind, the Banu Watfan and the Quraida and the Munafiqeen did the same thing with Banu Nadir. Now, uh, the siege did not last long. And at the end, they, these Jews were uh, they they were allowed to leave, and uh, they were allowed to leave with uh, whatever they could have put on their camels. So they started taking even the doors and the windows of their houses, and they would start loading the camels. And they had six hundred camels uh, that they they were loaded with all uh, all those things, and that included Huyay bin Akhtab and uh, Salam bin Abi Uqay, uh, and they left for Khaybar. Uh, uh, and some of them they they, they, mo- they moved to Syria as well, uh, which is the Sham. Now, two of them they did enter into the fold of Islam: Yamin uh, bin Amr and Abu Sa'd. 
so they, uh, they retained their personal wealth and they, uh, they, they, they stayed there. Now, after Rasulullah Sallallahu seized the, uh, the, the land and the weapon, uh, the, that uh, booty of war, that included 50 armors, 50 helmets, and about 340 swords, uh, there's a distinction between this battle and other battles that we should know. There's a thing called uh, Mali Fay and Mali uh, Ghanima. because in this case, there was no fight happened, actually. They left. Muslims did not have to fight with them. Uh, and they were able to, uh, to, uh, to, to win against uh, Banu Nadir uh, without any kind of a fighting. So this, uh, uh, this wealth is referred as, uh, as the Fay. And in, in the case of the Fay that goes to, uh, that, that went to Rasulullah or in other words, it goes to the state and the state can distribute among the people the way uh, they want to, uh, it needs to be distributed. Now, another incident that I just want to highlight here, so we remember that Banu Nadir is one of those tribes that had, uh, uh, that has some of the Muslim, uh, some of the children of the Ansar. Uh, and among the Ansar, before Rasulullah went there, they had a, uh, they had a strange kind of a, uh, um, some tradition. If a woman was not uh, having any children or having children, but they were dying, they used to make this kind of an oath. If the child survived, they would give it to the Yehud and they will uh, raise them up uh, as Yehud. So this, these people, uh, they had some of the children who were raised with them uh, because of uh, this tradition that they had. So the, the, now the Ansar, they really wanted them, their children to stay there. So they, the only way they could have stayed in Medina is if they would have become Muslim. So they really wanted to become Muslim and Allah Azza wa Jal revealed the ayah, La ikraha fiddin, qattabayin rushtu min al-ghayb. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about that uh, there is no compulsion in deen. Uh, where the right path has become distinct from the wrong path. The, the reason I brought this uh, specific uh, incident here today, uh, so we, we remember that when it comes to no compulsion in deen, this ayah, this ayah was revealed in reference to the non-Muslims, meaning you cannot force a disbeliever, a kafir, to enter into folds of Islam. It is not allowed as a Muslim for us to force anybody to become Muslim, which is unfortunately one of the things uh, the kuffar, they, they use against the Muslim all the time. They falsely, they, they say that as if Islam was spread by sword. Uh, and uh, the confusion sometimes is created because of, yes, Islam was spread when it comes to battles were done to remove the oppression from the people so they can live in a, uh, with justice, justice from Allah Azza wa Jal. But the people, they had the free will to whichever religion they wanted to practice. So that's never, uh, Muslims never force anybody to become Muslim. That's one aspect of it. Second aspect is, sometimes Muslims use this ayah for themselves. If you, if, if you uh, suggest somebody to uh, not to commit haram, or if he is not fulfilling the furud and you ask them to fulfill that, then he would say, like Rahafuddin, you cannot force any, uh, anything on me. That's not about the Muslims to follow Islam. As a matter of fact, if a Muslim is committing a haram, he can be punished by the state. If he is not fulfilling the fard, he can still be punished by, by, by the state. So those things uh, are, this ayah is specific to, uh, to non-Muslims, and it's not about uh, the Muslims. And, uh, uh, and this ayah was revealed uh, for, for, for the issue of, uh, of the Banu Nadir when they had 
some non-Muslim, uh, that the kids who were raised as, as Yahud among them in the time of Jahiliyyah and they continue to be with them. And Ansar, after they accept, accepted Islam, they wanted those uh, kids to become Muslims. If they're not becoming Muslim, they were forcing them to be, become Muslim and that was not allowed in Islam. So uh, this is what about was the about the Banu Nadir. And inshallah, we will uh, cover from there on the incidents that led to Ghadwatul uh, Ahzab in the next, uh, next, next week's session, inshallah. So if there is any questions or comments about the subject that was covered, inshallah, I'll try to answer them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.